your Bibles this morning to the book of Judges. Uh, we're going to be in Judges chapter number 6. And uh, it may have been a long time since you've heard this story. Or maybe you've never heard this story. Uh, but it's a great story. I love it. And uh, there's some good things in it that we can glean out of it today. Because God wants you. Not just these young people. I'm talking to all you young people this morning that went to camp. All of you that didn't go to camp. Uh, this is going to be our camp day. Is that alright? Let's just have our own camp today. I want to talk to you today about being or becoming a great man or woman of God. A warrior. A hero. It doesn't matter how you feel today or what you think about God or what you think about yourself. I trust and pray that by the end of this message that God will change your mind. That God's going to instruct you and encourage you and He is going to motivate you to want to be and to be who He has called you to be. He hasn't called one of you to be a loser. He hasn't called one of you to be a failure. He hasn't called one of you, amen, to not reach your full potential. He has called you to be mighty men, mighty women, mighty young people. He has called you to be a warrior and to fight the good fight of faith. He has called you to win. Everybody declare that with me. I am called to win. So many times we, and we shouldn't, these words should never come out of your mouth. To anyone, but if we're not careful, we say it to our kids, to people. Uh, you've ever, everybody's been told at some time in their life, you're a loser. Therefore, a, a, a time, I don't know when, the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, sometimes, it was a big thing to put the L on your head. You know, loser. Well, I want to tell you this morning, you are a winner. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I never thought of that before. <laughs> Let's just start doing that. Let's just start walking around to people and going, yeah. they go, what is that? Everybody can do it but Johnny. Judges chapter 6. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. Let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for the atmosphere of expectancy and the atmosphere of miracles in this house today. Thank you for what you did in our young people. And I pray, Lord, that you would do that same thing in all of our lives today, that you would speak to us. Lord, just let us know that we are more than enough, that you love us, and that we can accomplish anything but, Lord, there are a few things we need to get right. So open our minds, open our hearts, and let us come today and get these things right. So that we can be winners in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, Judges chapter number 6. And uh, let's just begin reading in number 1. I'm going to just read some of this story. And uh, then some of the, the, the last part I'll just tell you. It, it, it's long, but uh, there's some points that we need to get in here. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, that verse right there, or that statement, is said too many times in the Bible. But you know what? It's still being said today about us. And Israel... And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian seven years. And the hand of the Midian prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them the dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds, they hid. So it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east even they came up against them. They encamped against them. They destroyed the increase of the earth till they came into Gaza. And they left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. 
And they came up with their cattle and their tents. They came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. The children of Israel cried unto the Lord. We hear this same thing all through the Old Testament. They did evil and they went into bondage. And then they cried unto the Lord. Listen, in your situation, in your problem, in your distress, we got to learn to cry unto the Lord. He's the only one that can deliver us. So they cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you And gave you their land. I said unto you. I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites. In whose land you dwell. But ye have not obeyed my voice. There came an angel of the Lord. Let me say that again. And there came an angel. Of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. As I'm preaching this message today. As I was reading this story. I, I, I just see America. We're in this same place. We, we, we're right here. But right in the middle of trouble and trials, and even though it's our fault, we abandoned God. God didn't abandon us. Even though all of these things happen and come, it's not God's fault. But when we cry unto the Lord, He hears our cry. God hears your prayer. And he sent an angel. Oh, Lord, send an angel. We need the Lord to show up again. And the Lord sent an angel. Let me find where I'm at. Verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Orpha. And pertained unto Joash the Asbarite, the son of Gideon threshed, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I'm talking to somebody in here tonight, today, this morning, Sunday, whenever it is, I'm talking to you. Maybe you're hiding. Maybe you're trying to stay away from this. You're under the radar. But God wants to show up and declare to you, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor. You're a mighty teenager of valor. I've got a job for you to do. And you're just the one for the job. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord. Everybody say, O my Lord. O my Lord. If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our father told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto them, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Today I just wanted to share and talk to you a little bit on becoming that mighty warrior. 
becoming who God has called you to be. Israel, once again, as they had done over and over and over, did evil. That's the reason they were in Egypt in bondage for 430 years. But they cried unto the Lord, and the Lord sent a deliverer, sent Moses. And now then, years and generations have gone by, and once again, they've forgotten God. Forgotten who brought them out. Forgotten who supplied. Forgotten who fed them with manna from heaven. It's so easy when things are going well. Oh, when we're in trouble, we pray. When we're in trouble, we read the Bible. When we're in trouble, we come to church. When we don't have any money, amen, we're praying and believing for a miracle. When we're sick, amen, we're trusting God. But when everything is well, when we're full, when we're satisfied, when their bank account's full, when everybody's acting right, it's easy to get lazy. And we begin to just, little by little, drift. And we begin to do those things that God said don't do. And once again, they begin to worship the idols. They forgot God who brought them to that place of miracles. And God allowed them to go into bondage for seven years to Midian. Now, Midian came down. Every time they planted a garden, they came down and messed it up. Every time they did let something get ready to to, to grow and the crops came, they came down and stripped it. They were in poverty. They lived. These are the children of Israel. Meant for milk and honey. Meant for the land of plenty. Meant. They were the children of God. They were supposed to have blessings. But they were living in poverty. They were living without. They were living in fear. Living in bondage. Because they forgot God. They abandoned God. And God allowed them to go through the things that they were going through. And then they cry to God. I'm telling you, when, when, at what point will we begin to cry out to God? At what point will we say enough is enough? At what point will we say I'm tired of living in famine? I'm tired of being destroyed. I'm tired of being stolen from. I'm tired of my blessings being robbed. I'm tired of my health being robbed. I'm tired of my children uh, being being in bondage and addiction and destroyed by all these things that are happening. I'm tired. And they cried unto the Lord. Every time we cry unto the Lord, the Lord hears our cry. And God sent an angel. And God sent an angel to a man, young man, by the name of Gideon. Now, Gideon is called to greatness. Gideon has a purpose. Gideon has a plan. Gideon is about to do an amazing thing. But Gideon doesn't know it yet. Gideon is hiding. He's threshing wheat in the bottom of a wine press, hiding, hoping he can get a little grain that they don't catch him, hoping he can provide for his family, barely get by. He doesn't know that he's a mighty warrior. He doesn't feel like a mighty warrior. He's not acting like a mighty warrior. But God sees in him potential. Today, God sees you. He doesn't necessarily just see where you are. He doesn't see what you are or who you are. God is looking at what you can be and what you're going to do and who you can become. Amen. God has faith in you when you don't even have faith in yourself. And God speaks and He comes down and He tells Gideon, Mighty man of valor. Mighty warrior. Gideon says, Oh my Lord. Now, there's two ways you can say this. You can say in a respectful Honor, worship, oh my Lord. Or in this unbelieving, 
can't believe it, can't be, can't happen. Oh, my Lord. I hear, a lot, I hear more people saying it that way than I hear them saying it in a worshipful way. All the time you hear people, oh, my Lord, oh, my God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. My daddy, we were never allowed to say that because dad, I mean, here's the thing. Using God's name is vain. It's not just when you cuss. It's not just a cuss word. God's name is to be honored and worshipped. And when you say things like that, you're, you're, you're not using God's name in holiness and reverence. It's dishonor. You're taking God's name in vain. Another thing is when you say God said something he didn't say. A lot of people today saying things God didn't say. They twist God's word. That's taking God's name in vain. And especially we sure don't want to use it in a cursing situation. Oh my Lord. Do you know? Who you're talking to. Now, Gideon's going to have to overcome two things. The same two things that you and I are going to have to overcome if we're going to become who God has called us to be. And we're about to find out the first one. Because Gideon felt disqualified Gideon felt like he was disabled but instead of feeling like we have a disability we've just got to recognize his ability you see in myself I can't do everything but through Christ I can do everything so stop trying to claim a disability And start relying on His ability. Because you can do it. So, Gideon is about to have to face this. And he's about to overcome some stuff. Now, Gideon, first of all, he's got to overcome some buts. That's usually the problem. Your butt's the problem. The butt we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about two butts. Verse number 13. He calls him a mighty man of valor. Oh, my Lord. If the Lord be with us, then why is all of this befalling us? Where be the miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midians. I love it how he says it. I love this version. But, sir. You know, uh, trying to be respectful, but really disrespectful. But, sir. If the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? I can remember Brother Tommy Gwynn uh, preaching a message one time on why good things happen to bad people. Why? But, sir, there's so many times that God comes down and says, Hey, you're great. And we go, but, sir, I got to tell you the reason why I can't do what you said I can do. And first of all... It's your fault. The very first thing, the first but that we've got to overcome is our anger with God. Some of us are mad at God. Some of you are angry with God. You're blaming God for what has happened to you, what has been done to you, and you have been holding. Now, you may not say it out loud, and you still may come to church. But there in your heart, there is some anger, some hostility. You think and feel that it's God's fault that you are the way you are, that you're where you are, that what has happened to you has happened to you. 
And if you're going to become who God wants you to be, you're going to have to get over that. Thank you for that one good amen. Gideon had to overcome his disappointment with God. Are you disappointed with God today? If you're disappointed with God, then you don't want to serve God. If you allow that disappointment to stay, it's going to affect your relationship with God. You're not going to want to talk to Him. You're not going to want to read about Him. You're not going to want to tell anybody else about Him. You're probably going to stop coming to church. There's a lot of people that are not in church today, not in relationship with God, because they are mad at God. Because of things that have happened. But, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? My daddy told me how God delivered them from Egypt. He told me about the mighty miracles. He told me all of this stuff. But I don't see it. I hear stories of God being good. I hear story of God healing and saving and delivering. But I don't see it. All I experience is bondage. The enemy steals all of our food. I'm down here hiding, trying to get a little grain to make a loaf of bread so my family can survive. If. God. See, that's the very same thing that when the devil came to Eve, he planted in her. Did God? He puts doubt. Devil wants to put doubt in your mind that God is good. The Bible says, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. But the devil wants to come to you and tell him, tell you. Uh, are you sure the Lord's good? If He's really good, why is this stuff happening? Why, why, why did your loved one die? Why, why, why did your, your children in the shape they're in? Why did they do that? Why did you get abandoned? Why did you get uh, hurt? Why, why did someone betray you? Why were you attacked? Why were you raped or molested? Why, why did you lose your job? Why did you go through that divorce? Why are you in this addiction? If God is good, why is all this happening to me? When you're disappointed with God, you feel like God has abandoned you, then you, you, you conclude that this suffering, that all of this stuff, it's got to be God's fault. And it's unfair. We ask these questions when we're suffering. Oh, when we're blessed, when we got plenty of money, when everything's fine, we're all shouting, Woo! The Lord is good! His mercy endures forever! Hallelujah! But when we're broke, we're like, It's all God's fault. It couldn't be any of my fault. I mean, just because I'm lazy and don't want to get up and don't want to go to work, and just because there's signs all over town that says, Need work. But you don't want to go to work. And you're broke. And it's God's fault. I believe in luck. You need luck. But you know what I found about luck? The more you work, the harder you work, the more you do, the more good luck you have. It's amazing. See, people think, look, it just happens and I don't do nothing. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. So why is it that when you don't work and you're hungry, it's God's fault? Come on. You're going to have to, if you're going to become who God wants you to be, you've got to overcome the disappointment with God. It's not all God's fault. God loves you. God lays out His commands. God lays out His laws, His principles. And then He puts it in our court. And He says, if you do these things, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. And then He said, I set before you life and death. I mean, He gave you a test with A and B answers. And then He gave you the answer. I set before you life and death. Choose life. But people still want to choose death 
and then blame God for it. The truth is, as Israel, as Israel cried unto the Lord, He sent them a prophet. He sent them a prophet. Listen, it's, when, when, when preachers preach and I tell you the truth, it's God trying to get a message to you that can tell you the truth so that you can fix it and get back in the promised land. So they cried unto the Lord, and the Lord sent them a prophet to tell them that it was their fault, not God's. God said, I brought you out. I showed you what to do. I told you to honor me. I told you to trust me. I told you to worship me. I told you not to worship the idols, but you forsook me. People wonder today, why? what's wrong with America? Why is it that Cuba is flying the, the American flag screaming, Libertad, Libertad, Liberty, we just sang it this morning, and we're over here burning it. God sent them a prophet to tell them the reason you're going through what you're going through is your own fault. And if you're going to get back to where you need to be, and if you're going to get back in the blessings, and you're going to get back in prosperity, then you're going to have to come back to me. Stop blaming me. And come back to serving me. And then the blessings will come. First thing Gideon said is, but if you're so good, why is all this stuff happening? He had to get over his disappointment with God. He felt like it was God's fault when he realized it was their fault. God didn't abandon them. Let's, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell God. I'm telling you, people probably lie in church more than they lie any other time. You're standing up here singing, I surrender all. And you hadn't surrendered nothing. You're up here making the confession. I give my tithe in front. And you're not giving nothing. You're up here talking about we love everybody, but you don't love everybody. I'm just telling you today the truth. And the Bible says the truth will what? Set you free. You're mad at God because you're disappointed. Because you haven't done what you know to do. And you haven't done right by God. And he's withdrawn his hand. But it doesn't take but a moment to get back in right relationship with God. And he can make you the mighty warrior that you are. Well, so he's coming and he said, mighty man of God, mighty man of valor. And he says, well, wait a minute. I think this is all God's fault. And God goes, no, it's not my fault. And so he had to get over that. Gideon poured out his true feelings. Listen, some of you need to come down to this altar today and just get it out and just say, Lord, I've been blaming you for a lot of stuff. I've been mad at you. But I ask you to forgive me today. I, I realize it's not, it's not your fault. You love me. I've brought myself into this place. And I'm asking you to get me out. And he will. When you begin to pour your true feelings out. Uh, Judge, uh, Judges 6.14. And the Lord turned to him and said. Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Listen. The Lord is sending you into your life. Into your family. Into your situation. Amen. To do great things. But before you can ever do that. You've got to get over your disappointment and your anger at God. Get right with God and, and, and realize how much He loves you and, and how much He wants to help you, but you got to do your part. Then came the second but. But, Lord, Gideon asked, chapter 15, verse 15, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in the family. 
So first of all, Gideon had to overcome his disappointment in God. And now he's got to overcome his disappointment in himself. Some of you have such low self-esteem that you don't feel like that you can accomplish anything because people around you have told you that you're nothing and you can do nothing and you're a loser and you're a failure and you'll never amount to nothing. But I'm here today to break that curse off of your life and to tell you that's a lie from the devil and that you can accomplish great things in your life. But when the Lord comes to you and lays out this plan and you cried unto the Lord and the Lord said, okay, I'm here to deliver. All of a sudden it comes out. Lord, okay, I I, I realize it's not your fault. I've been blaming you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I trust you. I I believe that you can do great things. And I believe you can uh, bless my business and my family and my finances and my health. And I I believe you can deliver me from all of my enemies. Lord, I believe that you can do all these things. But I don't believe in myself. I can't do it. do, Do you know my family? Do you know the dysfunction in my family? Did you know every family is dysfunctional? There's no perfect families because there's not any perfect people. And he said, Lord, not not just my family. I mean, my family, we're poor. We're the least in Manasseh. And not only is my family the poorest, the dumbest, The ugliest. I am the dumbest, poorest, ugliest in the family. I mean, that's pretty low self-esteem, isn't it? I mean, you think your family's the worst, but you are the worst in the family. Lord, how could you ever use me? How could I do anything? Who is going to listen to me? I mean, it's just, it's a common problem. Every one of us have felt this way. You start serving God and you start feeling like there's a great thing to do. And the devil immediately starts telling you how bad you are. Reminding you of all the mistakes you've made in your past. Starts reminding you of your weaknesses. And your failures. And your habits. And addictions. And he makes you feel so bad that you feel like I can't accomplish anything. But we got to remind the devil. Yes, I was all of that. But I've been forgiven. I've been delivered. I've been healed. I've been set free. I used to be the least of the least. But now I am the apple of his eye. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am loved. I am a friend of God. I'm a child of the Most High God. We begin to Look at what God has called us to do. And we begin to see our lack. And we begin to see the, 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 the greatness of God. And the weaknesses in us. And it causes us to shrink back. And we have disappointments. And we go, wait a minute. Don't, be, don't call me a mighty warrior. That's not what I am. And God's like, I'm not calling you what you are. I'm calling you what you're going to be. You need to start calling your children and your spouse what they're going to be. Huh? My wife every day calls me rich and good looking. And someday, bless God, I'm going to be that. Someday. We're still praying. She's still believing. Gideon replied and said, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. That it's really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring an offering. And the angel said, okay. Gideon goes home, kills an animal, cooks a whole big meal, and comes back. And the angel's still there. They eat, have this feast. And the Lord said, before he left, the Lord said, I'll wait on you. 
I'll wait till you return. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. God's patient. Oh, I'm so glad. Y'all better be glad I'm not God. I'd have already killed every one of you. Come on. If you were God, I wouldn't be here. First time I preach too long, that's it for you. I thank God we serve a God of patience. He is patient and kind and long-suffering and slow to anger. Amen. God waits until I can get where He wants me to be. Stop being so impatient. Learn a little patience. Not only just with others, but with yourself. Come on. God wants us to get to where we're going, but if you don't get there today, don't quit. Don't give up. Try again. And so he came and the angel of the Lord touched the sacrifice. Fire flared from the rock and consumed it. It was a miracle, miraculous sign. And Gideon was like, whoa, that must be God. How many ever had one of those moments where he was like, that, that was God. But then Gideon said, uh, you know, that was, a, that, was a good, that was a good trick. That was a good thing, but. If it's really you, he took a fleece of wool and he put it on a rock. He said, Lord, if this is really you, in the morning, let the fleece be wet, but the rock be dry. He got up the next morning, went, grabbed the fleece, soaking wet, wrung it out, but all around was dry. Woo! It's God! But God, if this is, if you really want me to be a mighty warrior... Listen, why are you trying to talk God out of doing great things in your life? God already called you a mighty warrior. Gideon said, okay, Lord, I tell you what. I'm going to put the fleece back in the morning. Let the fleece be dry and everything around it be wet. So he got up the next morning. Sure enough, fleece was dry, all around wet. Oh, it must be God. Have you ever put up, and that came, that came the saying, we sometimes say putting a fleece before the Lord. We'll say, Lord, if you really want me to do that, let this happen. And uh, That's not really a good thing. Because basically, that's distrust in God. We've all done it. Sometimes He's shown us, yes, this is me. And we, we, we wanted confirmation and God gives it. But you know what's better? It's just better when God speaks and you just do it. It's better when you read His Word and find out what He wants you to do and you just do it. Stop trying to make God prove Himself. Because truly, if you don't get over your disappointment with God and your disappointment with you, God can't do enough to prove it to you. But if you truly trust God, He doesn't have to do anything to prove Himself to you. You'll just do what's right. Because it's right. Can I get a big amen? Listen, when we, as we come to the Lord, as we begin to confess to Him, Lord, I, I've had some disappointment with you. I've got some disappointments in myself. And we come and we confess that. Listen, if, when we begin to confess, it's important. I, I don't think we can even be healed until we confess that. Did you know there's a couple of sins in the Bible that says is unforgivable? How many, how many, knows, uh, how many are there? Y'all are saying one. I say two. Who's right, me or you? It's a trick question. We're both right. The Bible says blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is an unforgivable, unpardonable sin. I, I, don't th- I, I think that goes a long way. I don't think there's people who just make fun and laugh. And what, I don't think they know what they're talking about. There are those who truly have experienced and know and everything and then turn their backs on and blaspheme. I think that's what God's talking about. I'm glad I'm not the one has to make that dividing line. Amen? It's important that we don't mock and make fun of and, and, and blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But the second sin that's unforgivable is unconfessed sin. The Bible says... Confess your sin, and He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. 
But if you don't ever say you're sorry, he doesn't ever grant forgiveness. Well, he knows what I think. Yeah, he does. Well, he knows how I feel. Yeah. But he said, confess your sin. You don't have to confess it to any person or anything. You confess it to him. And he's faithful and just to forgive you. So I think until we confess, some of you are holding a grudge against God and you need to confess it to him. You need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I've been mad at you. And you know what he'll say? I know. Lord, I've been disappointed in you. I know. I've been angry at you. Yeah, I know. And there will be people that go, I don't even believe in you. The Lord's like, yeah, I know. But guess what? He'll say, I still believe in you. I still love you. I'm not disappointed in you. You are a mighty man of valor. Regardless of how you feel right now. In your bondage, in your slavery, in your anger and fear and disappointment. Get it right. Be healed. Deal with your own disappointment in yourself. Realize who I've called you to be. Trust me. And then watch what I will do. Y'all know the rest of the story? I got two minutes. Or five minutes. Or ten. Or ever how long I want. <laughs> We're not on no time clock. We're not punching a clock. You want to know the rest of the story? Anybody know who Paul Harvey is? Anybody heard of Paul Harvey? I remember third grade being in class. And if we were good at lunchtime, the teacher would turn on Paul Harvey. We'd get to listen to the rest of the story. So Gideon, he gets over his anger with God. He gets over his disappointment with himself. And he says, okay, God, I believe what you said. I can be who you've called me to be. I'm going to do it. And he called all the armies of Israel. And they said, we're fixing to go down and whoop us some Midianites. And God said, uh, there's too many of you. What? I mean, in a battle, the more the merrier. Nope, God said, there's too many. If you go down and fight and win, you're going to say you did it. He said, tell everybody that's scared to go home. Gideon got up. Everybody's scared. Go home. 22,000 left. The other guy's like, I'm scared, but I'm not telling nobody. Kind of reminds me of the guy that got to heaven and there was two lines. The Lord spoke to all the couples and said, All the men, if you're the head of your household, you get over in this line. But if your wife is in control, you get in this line. All the men lined up except one man. The Lord looked at him and said, why are you in this line? He said, because my wife told me to. <laughs> 22,000 men, mighty warriors, went home because they were scared. And that left them with 10,000. Whoa, come on. 10,000 and me and Jesus, we got this thing. And the Lord said, uh, that's still too many. If you win the battle, you'll think you did it in your own strength. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to have all the men go down to the river and drink some water. Now, I want you to separate them in two different groups. The guys that get down on their knee, they look, they watch, they're... They, they, they're they know their surroundings. They're looking for the enemy. They reach down and they scoop up water and they lap it like a dog. Put them in one group. All the men who get on both knees and stick their face in the water and they don't know what's going on around them. Put them in another group. Now, all the guys in group two that stuck their head in the water and didn't have a clue what was going on around them, send them home. 
Now, there's 300. Against multitudes. Tens of thousands of Midianites. What can we, what can 300 do against so many? If the Lord be for me, who can be against me? The Lord said, Gideon, if you're scared, why, why, why don't you just go down there, sneak down there tonight and listen, see what they're saying. Gideon, that night, he sneaks down to the enemy's camp. He gets close to a tent and he hears two guys talking. And the one guy said, hey, I, I had a nightmare last night. I had a nightmare last night. I, me and my friend were, were, were cutting a tree. And I had my truck in my trailer. And the tree fell in the trailer and fell forward. Hit the top of my truck and slid right down the side of it. It was horrible. I woke up in a sweat. Woo, not my truck. If that guy asked me to come help him cut a tree, I'm not doing it. Nope. Gideon went down there and he got close to the tent and he heard the guy say, I had a dream. I, I, I saw this big barley loaf of bread rolling down the hill and it hit the tent and it crushed it. And the other guy said, oh, I think I know what that means. It means the Lord has given Gideon the victory over all the Midianites. And Gideon heard that. And the Bible says he bowed and he worshiped God. He didn't get all haughty and go, look at me. He humbled himself. He knew he was nothing. But he knew God could do anything. So he heard what the enemy was saying. I'm telling you today, the devil's scared of you. He's putting on a front. But when you wake up in the morning and put your feet on the floor, he is afraid that you're going to do great things. That you're going to go and do signs and wonders and miracles. He's afraid that you're going to go deliver the bound and you're going to save the lost. He is afraid of you, but he wants to keep you thinking you're nothing so that you won't do what God's called you to do. And Gideon bowed and worshipped. And he got up and he went back to his 300 men. And he said, the Lord has given us the victory. Here's what we're going to do. Come on church, you need a plan. Here's the plan. He took those 300 men. He separated them into three groups of 100. He gave each of them a ram's horn and a torch with a clay pot on it. Now, I don't have time to get into this. But the, the, the Lord used the ram's horn all through the Bible for great things. The ram's horn came off of a ram. The ram was used as a sacrifice, as an offering of consecration and dedication to God. Anytime through the Bible when they heard the ram's horn, they knew it was a sound of consecration. And dedication to God. When God heard the sound, He knew it was coming from a place of consecration and devotion and love. And He knew something had to die. For a ram didn't just give his horn up for fun. He had to die for it. So these men, they took those ram's horns, that light covered with the pot. He said, I want you to go on that side. You to go on that side. We're going to go on this side and watch what I do. And what I do, you do. So they, it's probably midnight. It's dark. Everybody's getting to sleep good. And they surround the camp. And all of a sudden, Gideon broke that clay pot. And the light shined forth. And he blew the horn. And then he shouted, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And those 300 men broke those clay pots and the light shone and they heard the sound of the rams and they shouted, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And the enemy jumped up out of a sleep and they were dazed and confused and they took their swords and started fighting each other and killing each other. And then the ones that kind of come to and thought, what in the world are we doing? They started running and the 300 Caught up to them and slew them all. 
And then they called their friends over and other people came and joined and helped. And God won a great victory that day. A man who was mad at God and felt worthless became a mighty hero and a warrior. Because God was on his side. Because God knew what he could be and who he really was. And he just helped him to see that. God's patient with you. He loves you. He's drawing you. He's saying, come come today. You're mad at me? It's okay. I can handle it. I'm a big God. Just, Just come to me. I love you anyway. Make it right. It's not my fault. It's your fault. You sinned. It's like getting stopped by the cop for speeding and being mad at the cop. You were speeding. He's just... What's the word? Following the law. I mean, he's just... He, he's doing what's right. That's the way God is. We break God's law. It brings judgment. And now we're mad at God. God said, no, 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 no. Make it right. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's my fault. I got myself here. I, 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 I've been mad at you. I've been blaming you. But I, it's not your fault. I, I need your help. Now, now I just, I feel worthless. It's not, man, because of all I've gone through now. I mean, I just, well, who am I? What can I do? You can do whatever God says you can do. You are who God says you are. We're going where God says we're going. I am a mighty warrior. I can do all things through Christ. So you know what? Here's what the, the enemy saw. Normally, when a group traveled, you had one guy carrying a horn and the light, but it represented an entire platoon. So when the enemy saw the 300 lights, they figured there was thousands Behind. Freaked them out. I'm going to tell you something. You don't need anybody but you and Jesus. Because behind Jesus is all of heaven. <laughs> Come on. Behind you is the angels. It, it, it's kind of like the prophet. The, the, his, his servant said, well, what are we going to do? And the Lord, he said, Lord, open his eyes. The Lord opened his eyes and he saw a host of angels all the way around him. I'm telling you, God's got you. He's surrounding you. You can do great things. Come on, rise up. Stop being mad at God. Stop having low self-esteem about who you are. Yes, you failed. Yes, you've made mistakes. But you can overcome it. Get up. And say, Lord, I trust you. I don't know how. I I, I don't know when or what. But I'm just going to put my trust in you. Now, you lead me to greatness. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap of praise today.